depths of the city, a nightmare grows real. A sinister evil that festered for generations in its moldering tomb. Who stalks those deadly shadows? Whose cry echoes their horror? Whose blood will flow when it strikes again? Sure, he was alive when you left him. How many times? Are you absolutely certain he didn't come up after you? Yes. You mean he did? He did not. I think you were lucky. Why? Whatever he saw was probably watching us. Well, how could they survive without food? Hmm. Because I should imagine that as each one died, the others ate him. Is there any way out of here except up those stairs? Drop that. Quite a nephew. Is there? You tell me! What strange hunger drives it to prey on the young and strong? Cat? Cat, are you alright? <laughs> An experience in ultimate terror, so fearful that no additional scenes can be shown in this preview. Hey listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where usually three friends get together and talk about a horror movie. It's going to be two of us. It's going to be me, Richard, and Will. Hello. We're going to talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil, and we're going to talk about Recently Watched, which we will make a flailing attempt to not spoil. Uh, We're not professional critics. We don't claim to be. And... uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, and you could say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. Um, there's going to be, uh, I don't know, a short recently watched for me. How about you, Will? Have you watched much? Not a whole lot. Should I mention the coloring book? Yeah. We made a coloring book. So um, the three of us who typically host this, Jolian, Will, and myself, made a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. And you can go to plan9coloringbook.com. 
That's plan, the number nine, coloringbook.com. And uh, when you click on shop, it'll take you through to Etsy where you can buy our coloring book. And I'm going to tell you right now, you buy this thing, I'm going to send you some extra stuff. I'm not going to tell you what, but it'll be cool. Uh, Junk mail. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a lollipop, which is... No, I'm not going to do that. Um, mm, COVID pops. <laughs> oh, I keep hearing horrible stories about what people have done. Oh my God. Such as? Oh, somebody decided that it was a smart idea to take their kid to a... Uh, coronavirus party and uh you know get it over oh. with like like parents will do with chicken pox didn't go well no the kid died oh wow <clears throat> hey listeners it's all uphill from there it's gonna yeah. be i mean we got the dark stuff out of the way early we're, we're opening schools though so yeah it's not safe to have a uh, republican convention but you know no. go ahead and put your kids in school yeah so, Kids don't get it. You know what? <sighs> yeah, we could talk about this. But why, why but would we'll we? we'll talk about the recently watched. Yeah, do you want to start it off? Or shall I? Sure. Do it. Uh, let's see. What did I watch? I watched Sunshine, 2007. This is a Danny Boyle film. Yeah. Uh, uh, really good. <clears throat> Jolien lent a copy to me a while back, and I finally got around to watching it. It was tied into uh, The Lighthouse, so you can think about how many episodes that ago that was. I think The Lighthouse was, like, near the beginning of quarantine. So uh, Yeah, you're right. I think that was, like, one of our last in-person... February, maybe? Yeah, one of our last in-person shows. Yeah. So that's how far behind I am on... On uh, borrowed movies, <laughs> we try to watch one a week. So, uh, and then I watched Horse Girl on Netflix. This is a Netflix original, um, starring uh, Allison Brie and some other people. Uh, I liked it. It was pretty good. It's a uh, it's crazy. Allison Bree's really good in it. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe dragged in a couple little places here and there, but uh, overall pretty good. And then we've wasted the rest of the week watching, rewatching uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay, really? Yeah. Like next gen, like from the nineties. Like, from the 80s, 80s. Yeah. yeah, it started in the 80s. 80s. and 90s, yeah. Fuck. Late 80s. And like, pa uh, Patrick Stewart hasn't aged. Oh, he's aged a lot. Okay. Okay. He's aged a whole lot. Yeah, if you look now, he, he didn't age for a long time, but I'd say probably if you compared the footage of whatever the Picard show is now and the first, or the next generation, woo, he's... It's 33 years, if you can believe that. Oh, God. It's it's yeah. weird how time flies, but... Mm. Yeah. So it's weird re-watching these. Uh, most of them aren't very good. Um, the first season, anyway, we're probably 
two-thirds of the way through. Um, there's a lot of real cringy moments that are just like... Uh, you mean like really... acting, saying things that are less than progressive now. Okay, but, I, I was going to ask you if there was some like really preachy stuff or some stuff that didn't age well. Uh, didn't age well. There's there's a couple times they get a little preachy. Not too bad, but, uh, although, God, they said one. Oh, I won't be able to remember it now, but, uh, they had some line that was like, oh, my God, that, oh, something about the uh, stars and something are no match to the power of imagination or something along those lines. You're like, yeah, Star Trek, thank you. <laughs> Seemed very Trekian. Uh, and that, but uh, Data had an episode where he called, he, uh, he brought up the term, uh, what is it called? Counting coup, which is, uh, he brings up this whole, legend of Native Americans sneaking into another person's camp at night and touching them and then getting away and that's how, you know. But it's just like, ooh, ooh, don't, no, don't, American Indians, don't, no, just don't. Don't, just, yeah. No. That's you know, and then we make fun of things like a writer called uh, Data Pinocchio and we're like, oh man, that's such a slur. God, that's, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're cyber shaming. Yeah, you you're a robophobe. You bearded dick. Yeah. He, he didn't even have a beard for like the first he season. He didn't have a beard at that point. <laughs> you bald-faced you bald fucker. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then we laugh a lot about, uh, you know, how Captain Kirk, the better captain, would have all these episodes resolved in about half the time. And it all involved him sleeping with somebody. Some Some green chick. Some green chick or blue or he's you know yeah yeah he's he's color, <laughs> he's a ladies man he's colorblind he doesn't care if you're green blue purple yeah Caucasian he doesn't care <laughs> so uh, it's been fun well that's cool uh, anything else cool uh, that's been it really that's the whole uh, thing other than uh, I watched uh, Deathline and. Wax mask. Yeah, we we had wax mask as our backup. I got to be careful not to be too much of a Chicago Southsider and say wax mask. Wax. <laughs> wax mask. Um. So, uh, since last time, we talked about like, well, if Deathline's not all that, then we can watch wax mask. But uh, I didn't because I thought Deathline was that good. Yeah. But since last time, I watched um, The Houses October Built 2, and um, it's a, it's a uh, pseudo-found footage horror movie, and I'm going to say that, okay, so this was a sequel to the 2014 The Houses October Built, and it's about a bunch of people who are kind of like doing this reality show road trip thing where they're going to all the extreme haunts. But there's like this really elusive one called like the blue skeleton or something. And, mm-hmm. and if they could finally get that one, that would be the ultimate get. But it turns out that there's some like really dark, evil people that are just like, yeah, but we're going to actually stalk and kill you. But I think they get, I, if I remember right, they get on their case early 
and start stalking them on the road. So they're, you know, playing hell with them for more than one of their visits. So this is part two, and they try to get the young woman who, um, I guess they all barely survived the first thing. I don't remember if anyone actually died. But um, the plot is that they were rescued from their ordeal, from the blue skeleton thing. These five friends are going to um, go back out and do it again. They're going to, never mind the, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress or whatever. Uh, they do talk the young woman into going back and doing it. And then um, there's a big zinger ending. I don't want to spoil anything, as promised in the intro. But if you suffered through the first one, just watch this one, too. Go ahead. What else are you going to do? Um, I don't know what kind of ratings this gets from other people. Uh, it wasn't a terrible watch, but it didn't blow my mind. If I had missed it and never seen it, I don't think I would have regretted it terribly. Um, you know me with the UFOs and the Bigfoots. Yeah. I watched Roswell 70 years later. Um, it's basically uh, interviews with experts and, um, talking about Roswell and, uh, what, what could be and, um, what maybe wasn't, uh, this subject has been beaten to death, but one thing I will say about it is if somebody in the Air Force doesn't know the difference between a weather balloon and a crash disc, a crashed saucer craft, then what kind of training did they get? So just armed with that suspicion, I always look at the Roswell thing as, hey, maybe, just maybe, there was something there. Let's say it was the Soviets. Maybe it was the Soviets. Maybe it wasn't little green men, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it was a cover up one way or another, and I don't know what they were covering up, but the people who, um, who were there, who've gone on record, whether it was deathbed confessions or things they told their, their children or whatever, um, there were some hinky things going on. And, uh, I always like to dig back into it, but it doesn't change anything. We're still never going to get the true story. We're going to get the official story, but we're never going to get the true story from the U.S. government. Um, so it was just another installment in the, hey, here's what these people said. You ever consider that? I'm like, yeah. Well, as you remember, I brought up maybe last week or the week before my belief that everybody in the 1940s was drunk. That's true. They were. So they could be drunk out there and think, ooh, it's a UFO. <laughs> yeah, that, that's quite possible. Um, there was a thing on, uh, moving on, there was a thing on uh, Shudder called Dogs Don't Wear Pants. And I thought, that, uh-huh. that's a funny title. And this woman on the, on the, uh, on the cover art looks like uh, a dominatrix or something. So I decided to check it out. And, like, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, what What could this all be about? And uh, I got to say, it was super interesting. Um, this was from Finland. Uh, released at least, I don't know, maybe the U.S. release was 2019. It could have been earlier than that. Uh, it is about a very troubled surgeon who, um, he's a widower and a single dad. He has a teenage daughter. 
And we don't know why or how, but he's into some version of um, autoerotic asphyxiation. Um, and what I assume is his, uh, his uh, dead wife's perfume. He likes to be able to smell that while he suffocates himself. But he finally makes his way out into the um, red light district of wherever he is in Finland. I'm a, uh, let's just assume it's Helsinki. I don't know Finland, so let's assume that. And he uh, somehow makes contact with this dominatrix and goes, hey, suffocate me, strangle me. And his thing is, when he's strangled, he starts to go into the spirit world. So he he goes back into the last time he saw his wife alive, and he gets to kind of like see her for a moment. But then it gets dangerous, and she has to like, they have this, instead of a safe word, they have a thing where he's holding this ball, like this crystal ball. And when his hand finally relaxes and he's starting to die... She knows. Yeah. Okay, take the take the bag off his head. Wow. <laughs> so it it's like super dark, like where he's going. And he's obviously, like I said, very troubled. But he starts acting out and, and doing some really crazy things. He's so nerdy looking, though. This is the best part of it is like he is this dorky guy with like the whitest of white collar jobs. And you'd like to think he's going to figure shit out and be really present for his daughter, but he keeps kind of leaving her out in the rain, so to speak. Not literally, but that would work too. Yeah. Um, and luckily she's kind of got her shit together in her head and she's rebelling and she's being troubled herself in her own ways. But it's like, dude, you're going to end up getting yourself dead. And then now your daughter's got no parents, you moron. Yeah. But he ends up buying one of those strappy Rob Halford looking harnesses. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he keeps going and visiting. He, um, he takes it too far after having punched a window at work. Uh, this is a mild spoiler and skip forward if you don't want to hear it. Uh, it's either the bandage or the sticky blood on his hand, but the ball doesn't drop. So he basically oh. dies. And this is the big spoiler. Um, she does resuscitate him, the dominatrix. That's all, oh, that's, oh. that's all I'm going to say, but uh, it's, it's pretty crazy and totally worth a look. Um, Dogs don't wear pants. Yeah, because she tells him he's a dog and you know makes him take his clothes off because dogs don't wear pants. Uh, that's where it gets its title. Yeah. Yeah. And you remember when Ziggy was on the show, for some weird reason, when we were talking about if dogs had pants? Yeah. It wouldn't be from the ground up to the halfway point of the dog. It would be from the back legs to the midsection of the dog. Yeah. That's how dog pants would work. Yeah. But that it has nothing to do with this movie. Um, we watched a mainstream comedy, believe it or not, uh, Palm Springs. This is the, oh, okay. the Andy Samberg... Um, time loop movie, I guess you could call yeah. it. It's a time loop movie. Let's call Groundhog it Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's just Groundhog Day updated. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, when the characters in the time loop are aware of what's going on, 
that's when the movie gets fun. As you remember Bill Murray doing in Groundhog Day. Yeah. And, you know, he decides he's going to learn piano because fuck it. You know, there's going to be another several identical days. So just if I'm going to carry forward memories, I'm going to learn to play the piano and I'm going to just remember to punch that dude in the nose and <laughs> whatever yeah. else. It's pretty crazy and it's a lot of fun. I was not expecting it. It's about as clever as you expect it to be. And it does get you a few times with some stuff. Um, it's totally worth a watch. So. All right. Yeah. So that's my recently watched, except for Deathline, which, as uh, listeners may not know, I was just scrolling through Shutter and Amazon and other things saying, okay, what's out there that maybe we could surprise ourselves? Yeah. This is a pretty old surprise. It's a movie from 1972. Um I saw this title, watched a preview, and I said, hey, Will, here's a list of some movies. This one sounds like it might be kind of cool. Um, Deathline from 1972. Uh, this was... Also known as Raw Meat. Yeah, it was released in the U.S. in 1973 as Raw Meat, but, um, you know, we're Americans. We couldn't handle a name like Deathline. No. We wouldn't understand that line means like a train line. Yeah, no, we wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, so they called it raw meat, which is crazy. Uh, makes and death m- is what they call murder over there. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's an occurrence. So <laughs> so I threw this one out there and uh, wax mask. What did you think? I liked it. Uh, the the uh, uh, death line, that is. Yeah. Uh, the intro. I really right? like the intro. Is great. I really like Donald Pleasant's character, uh, as well as uh, I got surprised Christopher Lee was in it. Oh, that was such a like unexpected Easter egg for not. I didn't read anything about it. I just watched the preview and said this looks pretty good. Chris, yeah. Christopher Lee is like just this badass that just shows up out of nowhere and just has one scene. Yeah, kicks his ass, like, psychologically. Yeah. Oh, he was great. He was really great. (laughs) Oh, man. That is, like, the best five minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I wish there had been more of that. Yeah. Uh, I guess they filmed them separate, Donald Pleasance and uh, Christopher Lee, because their height difference was so much. It's insane, the height height difference. Like a foot. Yeah, Christopher Lee was, was what, 6'4"? 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. Absurdly tall by my standards. And, you know, I'm a little bit over six feet tall. Yeah. Unless I've shrunk and stooped over a little bit. But I feel like there's a whole generation of young people coming up that are just on average like 6'3". So they don't, mm. under, they don't understand what we're talking about. But there was, yeah. a, there was a time when 6'5 was like, shouldn't you play basketball? Yeah. You know? And seven feet tall was like out of this world. No. Yeah, I went to school with a guy who was uh, 6'11", and his brother was 6'10", or vice versa, I don't remember. And then they had his, their parents and their younger brother were all about my height, which is, you know, 5'7". Wow. 5'6", five, 5'7", five, yeah. so It's a roll of the dice. Uh-huh, they had some, I don't know, 
some gene that just happened to switch on and made them really tall. Unfortunately, they were probably the nerdiest kids you'd ever seen and were not basketball players or players of any sport, really. You know, you can't make a kid want to play a sport. You know, there were there was a, uh, when I got into seventh grade, uh, there was the PE coach who was also the football coach. He was from Georgia. And he's like, oh boy. He was telling my mom, you, you got yeah, to gotta have your son play football. You, gotta, you, you, <laughs> don't, you don't have to have him play football. And my mom's like, we're not going to make him do what he doesn't want to do. He likes to draw. Yeah. He likes drawing the pictures. And he doesn't like the football. No, I'm a big, I'm a big guy. I'm not a big fat guy, but I'm a big guy. And uh, it's like, I don't want to tackle other dudes and then shower with them. I just... <laughs> I don't mean that like in a homophobic way, but it's just like uh, when school's over, I don't want to stay at yeah. school and get more school with like helmets and pads. I want to go home, no. go home and draw pictures. And then maybe there's something on TV. Yeah. Oh, I didn't finish watching it, but I'm in the middle of the good, the bad and the ugly, by the way, that re- I just, re- uh, just reminded myself. Cause when you were a kid that was on like, I don't know, all the time, like every other weekend, it seemed that was one of those that, uh, much like Blues Brothers, I had not seen <laughs> all the way through. All the way through in one sitting until college, probably. Yeah, but I I see it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, it was one of those major like, Dad's watching it, and we're doing other stuff. But you know, you sit down and watch a bunch of it, and then you go do other stuff, and you come back. And it's like it's a two and a half hour movie, and then when you add commercials in, it's like yeah. A, three and a half hour movie. So that's crazy. So uh, I'll give the basic plot for, um, for uh, Deathline, AKA raw meat. Um, there's something pretty grisly going on under London in the tube tunnels between Holborn and Russell square. When a top civil servant becomes the latest to disappear down there, Scotland yard starts to take the matter seriously. Helping them are a young couple who get nearer to the horrors underground than they would wish. So that was written by some guy named Jeremy Perkins on IMDb. Um, that's a pretty good um, summary. Uh, yeah. We we see this hip young couple, and uh, this girl's got like the perfect like Jane Fonda hairdo. Uh, Am I wrong? <laughs> And now you're totally right. I didn't put it together, but that's exactly who. Yeah, it's like so Jane Fonda. Um, and he's uh, Alan Ladd's son. Yes. He's Ladd's lad. Uh, Ladd's lad, yeah. He didn't look short. What the f- no. We're talking about a lot about height the last couple episodes. I'm sorry. Yeah. But he looked like he could be 5'10". Yeah, I don't know. He didn't look terribly short. Of course, he's amongst... I thought the two cops... Yeah, they were real short. The cops were terribly short. Yeah, I don't know. uh, Okay, Donald Pleasance, I don't know how tall this dude was. (laughs) 6'5". No, he was 5'6", actually. Okay, so Donald Pleasance was not a tall guy, and the cop that's, like, following him around... um, the other detective. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Um, he looked a little shorter. He was okay. So you got these two guys who are kind of sawed off. Yeah. They could not put them in frame with 
Christopher Lee whatsoever. Uh-uh. It would have been like in uh, in Game of Death when Bruce Lee is having that fight with Will Chamberlain. Yeah. It would have looked like that. Yeah. Was it Will Chamberlain? Or was it Kareem? Kareem. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I believe. It was. Yeah, I fucked that one up. It was it was one of those tall guys anyway. But Yeah, it was Kareem. Yeah. Um it would have looked like that. So it's probably good that yeah. they they were across the room from each other. I wanted to know what was going on in that secret room. It had like Yeah. It had like a nude bronze statue. Okay, they open a and a, a hidden bookcase. A bookcase. And there's some sort of closed circuit TV. Like for 1972 to record something going on in the bedroom, you had to have like a film, uh-huh. a film camera pointed at your closed circuit television. You would have. You to, could have a video camera. Were there video cameras that humans could have owned in 72? Uh huh. Hmm. I learned from my focus. The uh, Greg Kinnear. Uh, oh, the the what's that guy Bob Crane. Bob Crane, that's it. Yeah, the Bob Crane story. Yeah. Um, so they were quite expensive, and I think you probably had to get a specialty camera. You probably couldn't just go get a, a VHS. Speaking of which, do you remember the VHS cameras? That had, they, you couldn't put the tape in the camera. You had to carry around the, the recording device. Oh, yeah. Separate. Yeah, when they, when they became... Uh, their own self-contained unit that was like revolutionary yeah so they probably weren't a self-contained unit i don't remember a lot but yeah videotape's been around for quite a while are we drinking the same cheap beer no i'm drinking the canada dry oh okay i couldn't tell if that was a ginger ale or if that was a rolling rock yeah it's just a ginger ale tiny can so my hand looks (laughs) you're like andre the giant exactly with a beer can yeah yeah. Perfect. So, okay, in this movie, uh, just to give the listeners um, a, a good picture of what's going on, this this hip young couple is um, going somewhere via train. Uh, I think they're going home. Home. Yeah, they're going home from having been out doing stuff. I don't know what. Whatever um, students in London do. Yeah. And um, so they're, they're returning home via the train. And they see a guy passed out on the stairs. And, of course, the American, he's from New York or has been to New York, is like, no, we just step over these guys. He's a drunk. Let's go. And she's like, no, what if he's diabetic or something? What if he's had had a heart attack? So they check his wallet. They don't see a card, but they see he's somebody important. But he also has like a, a punch card from a strip joint or something. Yeah. He frequents the red light district. Yes. And of course in 1972 it was totally okay to kink shame people. Yeah. You were you were some sort of a, a deviant, you were some sort of a uh, subhuman uh, pervert if you enjoyed watching some sort of uh, sex shows or stripping or pornographic movies. And these days it's like as long as you're not exploiting anybody, you know, knock yourself out, do what you got to do. Yeah. But um, something's happened to him. That's why it's funny in, in like future you know movies that show the future. They'll have a 
you know, a seedy red light district. Like, does that really still exist in the future? Do people care? Yeah. Why would that even uh, still be a thing? Yeah. So they, uh, this couple, Alex and Patricia, mm-hmm. uh, go up and they tell the Bobby in the upstairs that there's a guy passed out on the platform down below. And uh, they take the cop back and the guy's missing. Unfortunately, the last train has left and there's no other exit, but they don't know where he went. Hmm. So the cops get involved because he was an OB, which I don't remember what that stands for, but... Yeah. Um, Office of British Excellence? Yes. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, did you notice, this is a little sidetrack, of course, did you notice the posters? Oh, yeah. There was some sort of a show celebrating minstrels? Yes. <laughs> That looked terrible. Uh, like the history of minstrels or something. Yes, it was like uh, something celebrating minstrel shows. Yeah. Um, uh, I wish I could say in the 40 some odd years since this movie, um, we've come a long way. Um, <laughs> I think all of our progress has happened just in this past three months. <laughs> We're, we're monsters. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, they, uh, of course, uh, kind of want to blow it off. And then when it's discovered that maybe there's something with this important person, they get this, um, inspector Calhoun involved. This is Donald, (laughs) Donald Pleasance's character. And my notes are across the room. I forgot to drag them over here, but, uh, one of the things I said about about this in my notes was, what could be more English than this guy's office and him in it? Okay, he's wearing tweed. He's uh, immediately demanding tea. Uh, there's a little statue with what I'm assuming is a knight on a horse. Uh, he's got darts. He fishes his tea bag yeah, out with a dart. <laughs> with a and dart. And he plays darts. Yes, on a door that anybody could open and take a dart to the forehead. Yeah. That was cool. Not first. Um, oh, and there's a fireplace in the office because it's probably um, drafty and cold, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the building was probably built in like 1470. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the newer buildings. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the new flats across town. Um, where they, uh, you know, converted it. Uh, this was, this was really kind of like out of the gate. They did the Technicolor stuff and the blaring, cool electronic music played on a Moog or a Moog or however they pronounce the synthesizer. And it's like, oh, this is so hip in 1972. We're getting out of the sixties. This is all modern. The girls got these fantastic, uh, yellow pleather boots and Jane, oh yeah those are great jane fonda's hairdo and the coat with the fur collar around it it's just so mob yeah. yeah and and it's like ah, oh, where are we gonna go with this i gotta be honest with you the more this movie goes on the less i want to see of the underground dwellers uh-huh i don't know if this was the original chud yeah did you feel like 
we could have done without them. That would be my big complaint about this movie. Is it kept showing us the underground dweller. Mm-hmm. I think he was just called the man. The man, yes. Um, and his wife, I assume. Yeah. Sister wife. Um, <laughs> yeah, every time they showed them, the movie just fucking stopped dead in its tracks and then drug and drug. And it was no more than maybe, if you stretched out probably 15 minutes of the movie at the most. And yet it felt like it was a solid hour of watching this guy yeah. mumble and stutter and... Be covered uh, with blisters. Know. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Yeah, I... I didn't need this part of the story for some weird reason. Like, there could have been some Jack the Ripper type guy or evil spirits or something. It didn't need to be some people who were cut off from time who did whatever they did. Um, yeah, they were a party of, uh, workers who were building the subway tunnel. Yeah. And then they got trapped and the, they were in a cave in and the company just went bankrupt and decided they weren't going to rescue them. So there's eight men and four women, assuming they all lived. Right. And uh, that happened in 1892, which when the movie took place would have been 80 years before. So three generations. And I guess, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would have I would have liked it if it was a little more mysterious. Yeah. Uh, they too, too quickly they show you the the underground dweller. And, uh, and then I think they want to make him a sympathetic character, um, which he is until the end. And then you're like, oh, wait, he's, you know, he's still a killer. We, you know, uh, should we feel so much sympathy for him? And why is it so dull here? You know, I kind of feel like, um, this being a shorter movie, we can make it even shorter. We could edit it down, you know, just cut out the 14 yeah. minutes of the film that's got this guy in it. And then we're good. Uh, what was his, add a little more Donald Pleasance if we could, that'd be perfect. Hey, did you notice he plays a really good drunk? <laughs> <laughs> also known as just, they were really drunk. <laughs> I bet they were. Even when they weren't drunk, they were drunk. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah um yeah it's not a slow movie except in the parts where they show the thing that's supposed to be the motivating factor or the conceit of the movie you know um yeah i don't care about this stupid guy with the blisters and the sister wife or whatever she is um no and uh i really don't need to see him kidnap a woman and you know, if he's got his way about it, he's going to continue the bloodline by impregnating her. Ew. Just yeah. don't. Yeah, no. Yeah, this isn't okay. Um, he kind of looked like the, the... Did you end up watching uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, we watched the first season. He looks He looks like the hound. The guy with the, the big dude with the burned uh-huh. face. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Kind of looked like the hound. But mm. any, anyway, this... Um, 
Yeah, this was cool. I, d- I didn't think it was a, a slow or a dull movie except in those places, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to see it remade, but if, if it was in the right hands, this could be so cool. Mm-hmm. But it would have to be a period piece. So yeah. it would have to be set in this time. I mean, probably, yeah. Because I mean, you could just move it up and say they were trapped in nineteen twelve. Yeah, or in nineteen twenty or something. So it's not quite as far, right? Or they were trapped in there during the Blitz, and oh, nobody yeah. knew. Yeah. And now they're kidnapping people. And for listeners who don't know and, the uh, little bit of history on this, during the um, the the um, Nazi attacks on London, uh, people hung out in the um, the tunnels of the of their um, their subway system, the tube. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, it was a very safe underground place to be away from the bombing. Yeah, it was pretty far down. So I mean, you see, for that station, that line. Had to go down two flights of stairs and an elevator ride. Yeah. So uh, lift. It'd be pretty safe down there. So yeah, you could just have this set during the Blitz that some people are trapped down there and they become chuds. Yeah, they're cut off and then they become chuds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are they? Just cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers for our <laughs> listeners. I was about to ask you to tell the listeners what the, what the uh, yeah what that stands for. Um, how did you feel about this one? Uh, obviously, this was, a, this was a solid B movie. Yeah, I mean, and I don't mean I don't mean in the grade like A, B, C. I mean this would be an also run movie. This would be tacked on to something big and good. Yeah, it'd be you know you wouldn't be like I was not totally satisfied, but satisfied enough. Yeah, it didn't completely work, but. The parts of it that did worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have had a little more mystery, a little less of the, of the chud, and uh, I think it would have been really good. I like the characters, and uh, you know, I like the concept pretty good. But yeah, they kind of spelled it with too much of the killer. We shouldn't have seen him. Yeah, you know, don't show us the monster, the guy in the rubber suit. Yeah, don't show us the monster. Like, uh, do it sparingly. At home. Yeah. Doing his thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the, for for all of the, the complaints we could have about this, it was still such a great surprise. I really loved this. I mean, it was like, how, how have I never... Yeah. Jolien's probably mentioned it before, and I'm just like, well, didn't didn't hear him say it, didn't write it down. I'm sure he has. He doesn't. In- he's seen everything. I know, and he doesn't insist on it. You know, like I'm. If I find something I think is the most awesome thing, or or a, a, a gem that people don't know about, I'm like jumping up and down and ranting about it. And uh, well, he's English. Jolien doesn't jump up and down and rant. Yeah. And for listeners who don't know, he's working on a thing right now that we can't tell you about, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And you will be so happy. Um, so as far as recommending this, um, horror fans who have not seen this, do they need to get off their ass and see this? Yeah. I think if you're a fan of uh, early 70s horror, 
or just seventies for her. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. Um, this is something yeah. that if you have not seen it, uh, once you've seen it, you'll wonder why somebody didn't jump up and down and rant about it and tell you to see it. Yeah. Which I'm doing yeah, right now. <laughs> you know, this is what I wish, uh, I had felt after watching the devil's reign. Yes, exactly. You know, like, Oh, how had I missed this all this time? It's not perfect, but it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. And, uh, you know, for, for us to watch something that we had never heard of or never seen before, or that got mentioned and we didn't somehow catch it, this is great. Um, I'm, I'm happy to tell, uh, horror fans, you know, don't, don't be so uptight about watching something older. This is really cool looking and it's got a nice vibe to it. Um, the boring parts don't last long when they're happening on your screen. So don't worry about it. Yeah, and that tunnel that they're in, uh, I've seen in other movies. Yeah. I guess it's actually a a movie site now. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Uh, Before we get out of here, I do want to mention, if you go to spectacularoptical.ca, it'll uh, it'll take you on a thing called the the Psychotronic Tourist, and it'll tell you all the uh, locations from Deathline, uh, you know, the striptease place, uh, the, the apartments where the, uh, couple are residing. Um, that's the Grafton, uh, which is still there. And, uh, it'll tell you where the actual train lines are and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. And, that's there, cool. and there's pictures of people hanging out in the tube during world war two and a whole bunch of people with accordions entertaining them or annoying them. Torturing them. Torturing them. Oh, those are Nazis with the accordions. They're torturing them. Okay. When the bombs didn't work, they sent in accordions. Um, <laughs> but there's all kinds of people with blankets and newspapers and books and stuff, and they're hanging out. Um, and then you see some pictures from the filming of the movie and some more recent pictures. So if you want to check that out, spectacularoptical.ca and the psychotronic uh, tourist is the bit that it'll explain to you like where all these locations are and some of the history about them. Um, Will, how did you feel about wax mask? Do you, do you think that's worth talking about next week? Uh, It was not, it was no uh, death line. I'll give you that. It had a good look. Uh, um, The story was okay. Unfortunately, he has some really, really terrible CGI. Um, Just awful. Just, uh, they pump people full of wax to make wax dummies. They drain all their blood, which makes them look like uh, a dried mummy. And it's just a a computer effect Mm -hmm. they put on them. and, uh, And then they fill them with wax and they... They make some other computer effect that makes it look like their veins are bulging out. It is just really, really subpar computer effects. There's uh, electricity between these wires and tubes and whatnot going around, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. Um, this, 
the whole thing was fairly nonsensical, which I I like and look forward to in Italian films, mm-hmm. uh, Italian horror films anyway. Uh, but um, not great, not great. Uh, maybe if you're a completist and you want to see. You know, everything that had Fulci's name on it or everything that had Argento's name on it. Right. Um, but the, do you remember Argento's Dracula? Oh, yes. How terrible the effects were in that? Yeah. It's that. Oh, God. Just really, like, subpar mid-90s television CGI. Okay, so here's a question then. Um since we can rule that one out as something we should spend time on. Um, do you want to go way back in time since we've, since we've bagged on, um, Tom Cruise's, uh, fuck mummy 2017. Um, do you want to go back and talk about the original, the mummy? Sure. Because when we talk about you recently watched and you go into film noir, some of this horror has like that noir vibe to it. And Mm -hmm. when people talk about the silver screen, I want listeners to know that film stock used to have silver in it. And when the silver was blackened, that's where you would get the black of the black and white and where it was washed out completely is where you would get the white. So we would be literally watching these old silver images. And I kind of feel like I want to go that far back. Okay. And, um, if you don't own it, I have, uh, the um the legacy collection uh okay it's got all the mummy movies yeah i don't have i don't believe i have a copy of the mummy okay um i'll have to look but no i i've got it and we don't don't think that's one of them i have yeah um this is something that it's boris karloff what like a year after he did frankenstein and Mm -hmm. this is amazing yeah it's a uh, pre-code as we like to point out sometimes, although that doesn't mean a lot to what they got away with on this movie. Um, it was a screenplay by John uh, Balderson uh, from a story by Nina Wilcox Putman and Richard Scher. Uh It's a universal horror with um, Boris Karloff, uh, Zita Johan, David Manners, Edward Van Sloan, and Arthur Byron uh, produced by uh, Carl Lemley. So, that that's cool. Yeah. For its day, it had a budget of $196,000. So damn, this is not all from memory. I just, while we were talking, brought it up on my screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Jolian. I don't remember this stuff. <laughs> I remember a lot. But not, be, yeah. $19 million. I don't know. Yeah, probably. So let's do the mummy next week. And, um, okay. That way we can, um, go back in time and, uh, talk about something awesome. Yeah. All right. Should we call it a show? All right. Oh, I'd want, before we go, I want to, what? Go ahead. I want to talk about a podcast uh, uh, I mentioned before, a particular episode of Best Movies Never Made. Uh, I recommend checking out the Best Movies Never Made. Okay. And it's about movies that, you know, uh, failed in production or didn't even get to the production stage. Um, it's pretty good, pretty good podcast. Um, if you like movies and behind the scenes stuff, 
but I really recommend the episode uh, on Friday the 13th uh, in 3D. Awesome. This guy wanted to make after uh, the two ni- 2009 remake. They originally wanted him to do a found footage Jason movie, which he wasn't big on, but he was like, it's a job, okay. Um, and then they changed it to a 3D movie, and man, I want that movie so bad. It is awesome. It is so good. Uh, they, you know, they just talk about it. You could picture it, though, in your head. Um, they talk about how... Uh, the writer didn't really want to deal with any of Jason's uh, mythology Mm -hmm. and how he felt that what made Jason scary is that you didn't know anything about him and trying to incorporate incorporate things like his dad and everything like that terrible uh, uh, bootleg Friday the 13th movie we watched right uh, fan fan-made uh, film uh, which incorporated his dad and, uh, and a bunch of other things, did a bunch of fan service. He kind of avoided that and uh, it's, it just sounds great. You know, you've got a bunch of kids at a camp on the last day. Um, they know Jason is coming so they're prepared and then nothing happens. Awesome. Until the next day in the middle of the day while they're packing up, Jason just comes out of the woods and kills like four or five people right then and there. Everybody's hurt. Uh, they're all running away into the woods. And uh, it just it sounded just sounded great and uh, some really spectacular kills. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, we better wrap up because I'm about to lose uh, okay. the signal here. Um, we're going to do it again next week. Um, listeners? With the mummy. We're going to do the... Stick out the moors. And thank you for listening.